Welcome to the Consecrating Your Life podcast, hosted by me, Elena Aborto, and my mom, Reina Aborto. Today's episode, we have a discussion about being inclusive with our words. We hope that this discussion about inclusion inspires you to have similar discussions at home or in your wards, and we hope that it comes across as a really gentle way to invite all of us to repent and to be more like the Savior, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Well, today, Elena and I, we are going to talk about how to be inclusive in our words. And this is just a conversation that, that we're having, and we hope that it, it just gives you ideas and, and uh, it can help you also to find revelation and inspiration on how to probably be more inclusive of people. Because we feel that sometimes, you know, unintentionally, we exclude people mm-hmm. when we speak um, and I, and I think that is a good exercise for us to just ask ourselves the question, how can I be more inclusive in my words? So we are just going to have a conversation today about this, and hopefully you will, this will start other conversations and with, you, with your family, with your friends, and uh, to help us be more like the Savior, because he was all-inclusive. He included everyone. Mm-hmm. He was not respecter of persons, and he loved everyone. You and I came together and came up with some ideas of things that we could all improve on and have in mind. Sometimes we say things just because it's part of our church culture and we don't even think about what we're saying or we say it because we've heard it so many times. So one example of something that can be hurtful, even though it's not intended to be hurtful, is the phrase return with honor when it comes to missionaries who leave on their mission. The reason I feel like this is a really hurtful motto is because it's kind of implying that if you don't serve your full mission, if you don't serve your full 18 months or, t- or two years, then you didn't serve an honorable mission. And that's just not true. Like, it doesn't matter if something happened and you had to come home early, you still served the Lord you still did what you needed to do and so I really I feel like we need to just honestly stop saying this phrase yes I agree with that because um, by saying things like that um, we are hurting those who may for different reasons they they had to come back from their mission before the 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 expected time that they had in mind uh, and uh, and we may we may be hurting their feelings and also their family members mm-hmm. and and the reality like you just said is that the lord accepts all of our offerings i just feel that we just need to be more more loving mm-hmm. to people and that uh, when there are cases in which someone may come back from their mission for any reason that we just need to embrace them and, and so putting that expectation in the beginning that uh, only you only return with honor if you finish until the end, then we are, we are help making them feel bad mm-hmm. if, they, if they didn't. And, uh, and we should not judge because we, really don't, we don't really know what is in the heart of the people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we just need to be loving like the Savior. Going along with that, I think we should also stop saying things like I want to marry a returned missionary because again like you never know why somebody didn't serve a mission and everyone has a different life path and I think 
besides that, it should be more important that somebody treats you right. It doesn't matter if they serve in a mission or not. So I think we should get rid of that kind of language as well. And even our last two prophets, President Nelson and President Monson, did not serve missions. So I don't know why we act like a guy is only worth marrying if he is a return missionary. Another example that we have is when sometimes when people are, you know, speaking in sacrament meeting or something, they will talk as if everyone in the congregation has children. So they'll say something like, we need to teach our children this. Um, and I just feel like we need to be more sensitive to the people who either don't have children because they're infertile or people like me who are single, never been married, never have had children. And so a better way of saying it is to say something like, we need to teach the rising generation because we all have influence on the rising generation, including somebody like me. So that way we will be including everyone. Yes. Because in reality, we all have a responsibility with the rising generation. We, like you said, we, we all have influence on them, you know, either in our, in our families, in our church communities, and uh, in, in, in the, our neighborhoods. We can be an influence to the people that are younger than us. And by saying that, we are being more inclusive. Yes. Uh, and again, we, we are just giving you examples of things that, that we say, mm -hmm. sometimes without thinking. And we don't want to be prescriptive here. But uh, we just want to, to have this conversation so, so we throw that question to you. Uh, and, and so we can be better. And so we can be more like, like Christ and we can be more uh, mindful of the words that we use and, and to help other people instead of making them feel guilty or, or shameful. Mm -hmm. Another thing that can be hurtful, even though it's not intended to be, is sometimes when people are giving talks or something, they will say how great their life is. And so they'll say something like, I have the most amazing husband and all of our kids have served missions and something like that just is not really helpful because again like you never know who in the congregation doesn't have that and you might making make you might be making them feel ashamed for not having what you have so you never know if somebody has um an abusive husband or maybe they have children who have left the church or something like that so i mean it is okay to give thanks for your blessings in private to God in prayer but in public it just honestly is not necessary yes I think that that's something that we can all improve on mm -hmm. you know and uh, it's good to count our blessings in private but when when we are speaking in public I think that it's more powerful when we are vulnerable and we don't have to tell all of our stories. We don't have to tell all of our problems. Yeah, all the nitty-gritty details. But we, we need to follow the script. The spirit is, is, is um, something that uh, each of us will know what things to say and what not to say. But uh, when, when we present uh, an image like our life is perfect and we don't have any problems and um, we don't have struggles, then people who are struggling may feel like they are they're different and, and they don't feel like they belong. Yeah. And, and that is part of the reason why we wanted to talk about this because 
I feel that we all have a need to feel that we belong, and especially in the in in, in the in the Church of Jesus Christ, we we all belong there because we are all children of God and we are all trying to follow Jesus Christ. But um, whatever we can do, I think, to help people feel like they there is a place for them, mm-hmm. no matter their struggles. And, and by being, being vulnerable, they realize that we are all trying, that we are all just, that, that we are all in our journey mm-hmm. towards Christ, that uh, maybe our journeys are different, but we are all trying. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is a, a more Christ-like way of, of doing it. So I guess our invitation to you is to, to listen to yourself and try to, to make your, your, your language more inclusive and try to help people feel like they belong. Yes. Just to give another example, I think that sometimes we make our friends or members of the church who are not married feel bad when we are constantly telling them to get married yes. when they already know. Oh, we know. <laughs> they already know that uh, that's an ideal and that, that is a purpose in our life. But um, we need to understand that many, many people that are single, they have tried. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And they have had many, maybe they have had bad experiences. Maybe they have a a trauma. They have some things that have happened to them that um, it's not easy for them to to keep trying. And uh, probably they need some time because of a bad experience that they had. Or maybe they are just really trying Mm -hmm. and nothing is happening. So... Um, I think that, especially in, in words that are for young single adults, I feel that um, we should not be pounding so much. Mm-hmm. We can talk about marriage, I think, but not in a way that we are trying to, to make people feel guilty yeah. or to judge them. Or act like you're only useful when you're married. Yes. I think that we need to see ourselves in, in a more holistic way and not just judge ourselves or define ourselves by our marriage status or relationship status Um, and and that includes ourselves and others you know we are more than that we are children of God we um, we have a divine nature and we all have a purpose in this life and and we just need to keep looking for that purpose and remembering our identity so for me if I was a leader in a YSA ward well, actually, just kidding. I am a, a leader in a YSA ward. <laughs> so I think for me, instead of, s- you know, focusing on stuff that I can't control, like I can't control if somebody wants to marry me soon. But and so I can't tell the members either to like to just hurry up and get married. Instead of doing that, I try to tell them things that they can control, like they can be more Christ-like. Even when it comes to dating, we need to be Christ-like. And I mean, as far as we know, Jesus was single, too. We don't know if he was married or not. And so, again, it's like your relationship status does not equal your worth or your influence or your contribution. It's you are so much more than that. So I just think we need to phrase things in a way that doesn't make it sound like you're failing because you're single. (laughs) Yes. No, I think that every person has something to contribute. And, and again, we, we all have different experiences. And uh, in the end, 
you know, the most important thing is what we have done uh, as covenant people, how we have tried to to live up to our covenants and how we have tried to bring others to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we all can do, regardless of where we are in our journey. And um, and just be most, more loving, more, be more compassionate, be, be more careful and intentional mm -hmm. in the way that, that we speak because words have power, yes. you know, and, and we read that in the scriptures. In James 3, it talks about how powerful the, the tongue is mm -hmm. and how um, it talks about ships and how th even though they, they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, it says, yet are they turned about with a very small helm. Mm -hmm. And that is comparing the power that the, the tongue has. So as we are more uh, we are more intentional with this, then we will be um, able to to help other people and to help them feel like, like they belong. Um, I also love um, this verse that is found in Doctrine and Covenants 108, verse 7, where it says, Therefore, strengthen your brethren, and I will add your sisters. Sistering. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so strengthen your brethren and your sisters in all your conversation, in all your prayers, in all your exhortations, and in all your doings. So just trying to be more mindful, I think. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a, something that I'm learning also because I know that I, I have hurt people with my words and I know, I'm sure I still do it, but uh, that I can be more mindful of that. Yes. I mean, not to brag, but you've done a pretty good job with that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so, so your friend Tyler, tell us what his role in the church is or what does he do? He works at the communications or publi publishing department, actually, okay. in the church, yes. And he analyzes talks given in general conference or even, like, historical talks given by Martin Luther King Jr. or Abraham Lincoln. That, that's his hobby. Yeah, that, uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> One of his hobbies, sure. I think. He said that when he analyzed your talk, that you tend to use the word we instead of you. So instead of telling people, you ought to improve in this way, you're always saying stuff like, we need to work on this together, which helps people feel like they can relate to you. And I think that's a great way of being inclusive. Yes. Um, he actually had a conversation with me a, a while ago. And when he told me that, I, I, I didn't realize, you know, that I was doing that. But then I became more intentional. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful that he told me that. Because you're right. When, when when we say you, like I say, if I say you need to read the scriptures, mm -hmm. I'm kind of implying that you're perfect at I'm it. I'm perfect. I'm which doing you're it not. right, yeah. <laughs> which I'm not. <laughs> and I'm telling people, you need to do it because you are not doing it. But if I say we need to read the scriptures, and this is a very simple example, then I'm including myself yeah. uh, and acknowledging that I also need to improve. Mm -hmm. And then we are more connected. I connect more with uh, my audience by doing that. So I'm so grateful to my friend, Tyler, because he actually uh, made me realize that, that there are ways mm -hmm. to be more inclusive and that we can be more mindful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, again, I, I don't think I'm perfect. I don't think I'm the, the perfect inclusive person. But, but I think that, uh, again, we can, we can be more careful. Mm -hmm. Tyler, come on the show. Yes, we're going to have him one day. 
I hope that he accepts the, our invitation. <laughs> I like that the scriptures also mention the mind of Christ because I think that's something that we all ought to strive to have. So we should try to think like Christ, think before we speak, listen more than, s- than we speak to, since Christ was usually asking questions and listening to people. And so by having his mindset, we can be more inclusive. So to end, what does being inclusive have to do with consecrating our life to Jesus Christ? Well, I will probably say that because we are trying to be like the Savior, we are trying to consecrate our life to him. By being inclusive in our words, we are, we are helping people feel of his love. Because we can be the means for someone to come to Christ. And by, by helping them feel that they belong with us in, in, the, in the Church of Christ, with the words that we say, we are actually helping the Lord perform his miracles in those people's lives. Yeah, by being inclusive, we can help people feel seen and loved, and we can be vessels that Heavenly Father uses to communicate to his children if we sincerely strive to be inclusive. I totally agree. And we can all do better with this, you know. Yeah, us included. Yeah, we 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 can all be better. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And please give us feedback since we're new at this. You can leave a rating or comment on Apple Podcasts. And make sure that you reach out to us on Instagram at consecratingpod. And we'll see you next time.